You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to the Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me, as always, John Duke. And, yep, we are in the rumor mill season because how else would we pass, you know, the time for the next month leading up to the draft, right? We've got to talk about this stuff. And then coming out of the draft, we're going to wait a little bit. But the suspense is is all it, it really blows up once the draft happens, right? Stuff really starts to come out, but between now and then, it, it's kind of silly season all over again. The rumors, the discussion. Um, we've already talked about the exit interviews, and specifically Terry Rozier last week. We talked about him going all over ESPN and you know going on the grand <laughs> tour of Get Me Out of Boston, <laughs> and uh, you know we'll see. We'll see. I obviously. I've been talking for quite a while, John, about I like the young guys. I like the young guys. I'm going to miss them if we trade them. So, you know, until we get until we get a little bit closer. In the meantime, though, Stephen A's floated some stuff. Bullpets floated some stuff. We're going to talk about that. Um, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are, you know, humming right along, and uh, plenty to talk about there. As we maybe I don't know. On the one hand, you would have thought maybe we could be doing a, a finals preview already, right? Maybe it sounded premature, but based on the way the first two games went in both of those series and then the first three now, um, you know, you can almost skip right ahead. Just hit that, hit that next button, uh, and go right to the finals, it's seeming like, but we'll see. Um, John, what's, what's the biggest thing news wise that you think hit? in the last week, just as far as we're looking at the construction of this team and what might happen. I mean, I, I, this is what's going to make this show maybe somewhat boring for folks that aren't going to want to listen <laughs> for the rest of, I don't know, probably until next summer, you know, till July at least. But to me, everything hinges on Kyrie Irving. So the stuff that Bull Pet unearthed and, you know, I guess, you know, in a descending order, some of the stuff that Stephen A. Smith was talking about, Brian Windhorst, you know, this idea of, well, he's going to L.A. and no, he's not. He's going to New York. And then, you know, Bullpet basically, I think the biggest piece is what Bullpet reported. And while it's been reported elsewhere, the fact it's being reported again now 
gives it a little bit more heft. And then, of course, knowing that where Bullpet gets a lot of his information from, or at least that we think he gets his information from, and saying that, you know, not only the Celtics feel like they have a good chance of getting Anthony Davis, but and they have the best package to get Anthony Davis, but they also very likely have um, believe that they can re-sign Kyrie if they get Anthony Davis. So, you know, is it automatic? No, no way, but they're in a good spot, it seems, to – uh, to contest. Um, It'd be pretty silly of Kyrie to leave. If the team wanted him back, it would be pretty silly for him to leave after they just made a move for Anthony Davis, especially because when his frustrations did leak out, they really leaked out over the youth on the team and not necessarily, quote-unquote, knowing the right thing to do, the inexperience. And I know Anthony Davis is still a fairly young player too, but he's a dominant young player. And it would have been great to have him uh, around to, to push back on Giannis, that's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that having somebody of that size and, and skill level to be able to play on the perimeter, to play in the post, to do everything, to be able to athletically, in some degree, match what Giannis is doing. I mean, that's, I think, that's the biggest question. Is you know, we're spending so much time talking about, you know, what the team was supposed to be and what they were going to be and all this. But, you know, you really look around at what's going on in the league and what the, what the, what the Warriors are doing right now without KD and what Giannis has done, not just to the Celtics, but also now to the Raptors. And, you know, we're recording this while game three is, you know, in the overtimes. Another overtime, right? Like how many more are we going to have? Right. Yes. Yes. So, you know, who knows where this comes down, but certainly after two games, it may or may not end while we record. That's, that's one thing we know for sure. Exactly. (laughs) It's another four overtime deal, uh, like the Nuggets and, and, and Blazers, then, then there's not much we can do about that. But it, this is, I think a lot of people are feeling right now that the Bucks are just a world beater and they're, and they're amazing and they are, but Giannis is going to be in, in they're Milwaukee. just not on Golden State's level though. And in the off season, they're not going to be able to keep everybody either. So they right. come down a notch and they need to go up in my mind, still another notch or two. I think some of this like narrative about them being really awesome is, is serving two purposes. One, to make the Boston fan base feel a little bit better. And through the first two games, it certainly seemed that way, right? So no problem there. And that, but, but also number two, what a boring finals if we don't elevate them knowing that we're about to head in to basically the buzzsaw that is the Colton State Warriors. They're buzzing through people without even being fully healthy. It's just insane. Draymond had a great game three. Um, you know, the whole, the, just the whole makeup of that team is like they can constantly pick up for another guy. And I do think if it is Milwaukee and Golden State in the finals and everything's pointing in that direction, I do think Kevin Durant, if healthy defensively, is, is going to be able to do some things with Giannis that maybe Giannis hasn't had to run into, um, going through the Eastern Conference. Not that Kawhi isn't a great defender, but I just think, you know, the length of KD, could could be super helpful uh, in the way they defend. And not to mention, they also have some size in Draymond, who's a pretty good defender as well. And so they can switch back and forth. They can do they could throw a lot of different looks. It it'll really be fascinating if we do end up getting that that matchup. Um, you know, Milwaukee shooters, 
you know, going up against perhaps the greatest shooting team. Well, I think we can say it. The greatest shooting team in NBA history. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's an unparalleled, um, match. And I, I think you're right. At least he has the length. I don't know if, if Durant has the strength. Uh, truthfully, to stay with Giannis. I mean, Giannis is, he's, he's got that size, um, but he does not, you know, he's, he also has a strength that's, that's uncommon. And, and, and Durant's got great athleticism too, but, um, and as, as I'm, I, I can't help but report as I'm watching this, Giannis just, uh, fouled out on a, what looked to me, it's one of those close block charge things where it could go either way. So. See, here actually, we are. We'll it's hear going we talked about this before we went on air, though, but here it is. It's going to go seven right there, deciding factor. And by – well, no, actually, one of two things. It'll either go seven because the league is kind of allowing that to happen, and then what does everybody think then about the Bucks? Are they are they really all-world beaters again, or do people soften their stance there? But then the other one is, and this would be an interesting narrative, Giannis fouls out and they still win in overtime. And uh, then everybody starts comparing them to Golden State because they're like, oh, look at the depth. Look at the depth. And they've definitely been uh, benefiting from the fact that Malcolm Brogdon is healthy. That's for sure. Yeah, he was a big miss uh, in, in the Celtics series. I mean, he's he's just so talented. But, again, he's one of those guys that are going to be very difficult for Milwaukee to bring back. Uh, you know, Lopez, there's almost no way, I mean, unless they're gonna, he's going to sign for the mid-level, and I would have think someone will offer more than the mid-level to keep After him. what he's done, absolutely. Yeah. Not so much against the Celtics, but in this series against Toronto, no a couple question. of really great games. No question. He's just, he changes the geometry on the floor for everybody, you know, and, and when you've got a guy like Giannis out there, <laughs> Lopez shooting the lights out really changes uh, everything. And so, uh, but, but going back to roster construction, you know, Giannis is still going to be Giannis. And if Giannis can get away with what he's getting away with, or he adds more shooting or he adds more, more versatility to his game at the very least, that's a, that's something that, that the whole Eastern conference has to contend with. And I don't think, I don't think we gave enough credit to that sort of internal growth um, being a, a real charge for the team. I thought Milwaukee was going to be the third best team. I thought they were going to um, beat, uh, beat Philly. I didn't realize they were going to be, you know, in terms of net rating and those sort of things, one of the best teams ever historically. So, but that's that's regular season, and yes, they've done well through you know two and a half rounds here of of Eastern Conference playoffs. It's an entirely different scenario, and I agree with you that that playing the the uh, the Golden State Warriors two thousand nineteen is is a uh, that's that's not something you want to wish for. Nobody totally. wants to do it. Nobody totally. wants to do it. All right, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. As well as your host, you can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. And download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. The YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high definition and when we come back next year, full-length locker room interviews, you still got the Garden Report, that's for sure, and the Roundtable, all of that coming on the YouTube channel. So some interesting stuff from Maxwell, too, a new addition. So uh, really inter- interesting commentary. Uh, Cedric, 
never afraid to mix it up and uh, say what's on his mind. And he'll definitely throw out some controversial uh, sort of takes for us. So we have that this week as well. It's great to have him part of the CLNS team. Oh, we, we talking about the the, the Warriors and in, in, in terms of all the All Stars. I mean, man, it's uh, we're like the Western. We're like we are like the Warriors here at CLNS. Everybody, we got all the great all the great podcasters. You got podcasts in the Celtics world. I mean, if you're not a CLNS, what are you doing out here? That's right, really? Bob Ryan, like Jeff Goodman, like keep yeah. it coming, keep the it coming. The big three guys, Adam Kaufman. Yep, uh, Kaufman. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, good stuff. And so let's uh, let's go back to some of the news and maybe talk specifically about the Stephen A. You know, Kyrie and KD rumors, since we were just talking about Golden State and uh, their all-world domination without even KD in the lineup. Uh, the rumor going that Kyrie and KD would wind up in, in New York or Brook, well, you know, New York, either with the Knicks or the Nets, and uh, try to resurrect. Now, the Nets had a pretty good season. I mean, they really rebounded pretty well. The Knicks, though, perennially, you know, frustrating, I think, for their fan base, but Big time market, right? Dollars are there. And if that dynamic duo were to bring them back to the top or at least make them, you know, top three team in the NBA and really make good postseason run, it would be a a game changer for the city. (laughs) It would be a game changer. Yeah. I mean, forget the franchise, the city as well. I mean, it's – um that city has dealt with and that franchise has dealt with a lot of pain and a lot of suffering from that team for such a long period of time. I mean, the problem is, is that while it would be great to, uh, to have this workout for, um, for the franchise, you still have the same owner, you still have the same team around them. And so even if that goes through, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it it sounds great. It won't theory. Carmelo itself, but it still may not be as great as it sounds. I totally agree with you there. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it, and there's a lot of distractions in that city. It would do an amazing thing for the Boston New York rivalry, like for basketball, right? We've had it in the other sports and maybe we've dabbled in it in the past in terms of basketball, but not at the same level as the other sports, but Kyrie ditches Boston goes to the Knicks, that's instant, instant fire. And then what if the Celtics re-signed Terry and oh it wound up being the two of them going mano y mano, even if they do trade? Or or what if they get Anthony Davis and Durant, you know, kind of like does this thing where he shirks him twice, right, goes to New York after not going to Boston. You're already – I mean, you already know how I feel about Kevin Durant, and I've not been pleased with Kyrie for the most part. So you take those two and just make them – villains stick them in new york and trade for anthony davis and wait and see how that goes i mean that would be there would be a lot of drama in the eastern conference only a few hours uh two cities only a few hours from each other i know i i you know and i think it's maybe duran ends up going there i i think that's perhaps what needs to happen just because of it seems like there's, this is all set for that to happen, right? He's got the, the agent who's a New York guy and, and, you know, his lifelong dream is to be the GM of the Knicks, you know, and, and there's, that's a weird kind of relationship going on. 
And it seems as though, certainly when we see what's going on with Golden State and how they're playing without him, it does tend people to look and say, well, they play free now because they don't have, you know, this hanging over them. I think that that's, it just, it kind of feels right. But I think what we've seen is that sometimes what we see isn't, you know, on the floor doesn't always represent, you know, where someone is or where their feelings are. And so while I think you're right, it's, you know, there's this kind of narrative and this storyline that all kind of plays in, but it feels to me like, Perhaps that's a bit ahead of where the basketball is at this point. Um, and I'm not sure, um, you know, if, 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 you know, Kevin Durant going there makes sense because it allows him to kind of save something after being, you know, the guy who, you know, I don't know what the word is, but kind of basically joined up on the all-star team, right? I mean, that's, that's what he did. Now it's like, I'm, I'm going to put everything on my back and take it over myself. It seems like a foolish errand in my mind, but that's, you could, you could understand that to some degree, but man, that New York situation is really rough. Third, third pick or not, that's a rough situation. And having watched RJ Barrett for a good part of this spring season, I'm not sure he's really ready to be the third guy, um, behind Kyrie or let alone the second guy behind KD. Nah, they'll make another move. But, alright, so, if you had to bet on it, oh wait, haha, Celtic Stuff Live is powered by betonline.ag. It's the NBA and Stanley Cup Finals, and you can support our podcast by making a wager on your pick by going to www.clnsmedia.com slash CSL, and once you get there, use promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% cash back bonus. On your first deposit. That's huge stuff. 50% cash back bonus. And it's betonline.ag. So would you bet on it, John? Would you bet on KD? Or if you were, what would you put the line? Say 40% he winds up in New York, 25%. Yeah, I'd say, I, I would, no, I'd, I'd say probably 50-50 that he ends up there versus the field. You think I it's think, that strong? Yeah, wow. I think it's that strong. I, I do. I mean, just because I, I think that it seems like he's not coming back to Golden State and that probably the best bet for him is to to have the whole city of New York at his fingertips. You know, in a way, he can really take over as the second best guy in the league or, or now the new, I should say, the new best guy in the league now that LeBron has uh, stepped aside and and really take that that mantle in in New York. I mean, it's all kind of there from a marketing perspective, uh, from, from that side of it. What I don't think matches up is the basketball or the abject failure of leadership that we've seen in the uh, ownership of the New York Knicks for, you know, years upon years upon years. You know, that, that isn't going to get fixed by Kevin Durant showing up. So 40, so 50 50, I, I say 50 versus the field. I also don't think it's completely unreasonable that if Kyrie comes back, if, if, a, if, you know, AD comes here, I don't think it's crazy to think that the Celtics wouldn't make a phone call to, uh, to see if KD would opt in and trade, trade for him to come here. I don't think that's, we haven't really talked about that lately, but I think that that's a phone call that would be made, particularly if they know that they haven't completely locked down Kyrie, and they're going to go ahead with the brow uh, trade anyway. Yeah, well, it, yeah, kind of like a yeah two B. I don't know, like it's 
because you're still pursuing the same thing, but you're adding on to it. And if they did, then you make the phone call before July 1st and you say, look, we can lock that down and convince him to opt in and all that. I mean, the, the draft is somewhat early this year. So you, you do have some time before that June 30 now, that June 30 deadline of trying to, uh, you know, make a, make a, a deal, I guess, or a, a pre-deal, I suppose, with NBA free agents. Yeah, the pre-deal is kind of funny, though, right? Like the the pre—it's a but it's, it's a crazy. huge gamble, right? If somebody, you know, if you make some moves and somebody pulls off the table, you're stuck with the moves you made. True, and it's it might true. not be what you would have done or what you yeah. would want to do. That's where it gets a little sticky, but right, you know. And the Celtics have three picks; they're probably going to pick somebody to stash. You know, unless like you, in, unless they include them, but they're, the value is pretty low. You know, the other thing Stephen A said, and I want to talk about LeBron a little bit because you threw him out there, but it's almost like he's falling off the map, right? Just the whole like it was just kind of fun. Ooh. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. He yeah. falls off the lap. He falls off, and then all of a sudden, Giannis is an all-world beater this year. Hmm. And he's taking four steps. So, anyway, so uh, Stephen A says. Uh, no way Kyrie goes to LA, but that's not necessarily what we heard from Brian Warnerst, right? So, you know, that's, that, that may or may not be the case. I don't think Kyrie wants to pair up with LeBron in LA because I think, I don't think they can, I don't think they can sell him on what happened this season and him fixing it. That's why, you know, if he goes to New York, that's different. He's going to pair up with Kevin Durant. He's going to do his own thing. I just don't see him going to LeBron in any circumstance other than, you know, we're pretty much guaranteed to go get a title. Yeah, I think it's – I think that that was something that maybe on LeBron's side there was wishful thinking, and clearly, you know, that's the stuff that filters through the wind horses. Those are the things that they want to get out there, right, that they want to try to get out there. Oh, no, we're we're good now. Well, I don't know. Are we good? It seems like those guys are the ones that really kind of started his, his descent into madness, uh, with all the, all the rumors and, and all the stuff about AD and, 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 uh, you know, saying that Kyrie was going to come to LA. It seems like that all started from Clutch Sports and Rich Paul anyway. So I, I don't know. I, w- I don't think I'd be all that excited about jumping on board to the, to the Los Angeles Lakers if I were Kyrie. I'd want to make my own my own thing, you know, and I think that that's, that's, that's still why Boston That's what he thought he was doing in Boston. Thing. Absolutely. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. But he could, you know, where that cap space exists, there's lots of play. Uh, he gets paid the most in Boston if Boston wants to pay him. That's the other thing. Like, that's the chip that outside of a sign-in trade, you know, th- him trying to – control his own destiny and go somewhere else, leaves a lot of money on the table. And for some reason, that source of pride directs a lot of these players in a certain direction. It's one thing when you've already made, you know, a ton of ton of money and you've already been the highest paid player and then to then take a cut and say, I'm doing it because I want to get another ring or I want to get a ring. But, you know, when you're Kyrie and you've been on a fairly cap-friendly deal, I mean, it was a big deal when it was signed, but based on the explosion that's happened since then, you know, he's nowhere near making the kind of money some of the other guys have over the last three years, right? So that's a that's a tough one, I think, that is definitely in Boston's favor. And even in the sign-in trade, maybe they work something out and, uh, 
you know, even if they don't keep him, he's going to get paid and it's somehow it's going to go through Boston. Uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty confident in that. I could see him leaving and going with KD and going to New York and, you know, if, if Kate, and here's, here's how that one really works. If he's really willing to take a pay cut of some type because he really wants to build a super team, then it's him and KD on, you know, friendly deals and said third person that they bring in. So then you don't have to worry about, and that's how that gets done. It's kind of the Miami thing all over again, except you don't have a Dwayne Wade sitting around in New York waiting for him to show up. Um, it would actually be three players kind of moving on over there, but they could do it, right? If they had three $20 million deals, they could absolutely put together quite a, quite a team. So that's the only scenario, but I still put it in Boston's favor. He wants to get, he wants to get his, his max deal. He wants to get paid and that puts them in the driver's seat and probably puts the kibosh on New York. Although being a Jersey kid, New York's pretty close to home pretty close to the people he grew up with, right? I mean, I know he traveled a little bit too, but he, you know, he's got that, that Jersey connection. The other thing that Bull Pet said was that the Celtics are interested in Anthony Davis, regardless of what happens with Kyrie and that they're confident, you know, he'd resign. Um, and, and I guess they were talking about Kyrie on that, but what about AD? Are we assuming that there's going to be a contract extension as part of any trade deal, or are we going to make we're going to move and gamble on the ability to re-sign him the same way we did with Kyrie? I think at this point you're not going to get um, any sort of signing. Uh, I think it almost disadvantages it's, it's disadvantageous for him to to sign um, to extend or. or or anything. So I think it, it actually, they're almost forced because, because if he signs, he can't sign the, 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 mag, the mega super, uh, uh, extension and then, and then dealt and then it kind of ruins his leverage. And so I think Windhorse was talking about this, that basically he's has to go to free agency. There's the only really the path is he has to go through the free agency. Will That's he right. be restricted? No, that no. see, that's really bad. That's re- like to me. That's that's really scary to give up all everything we've been rebuilding with. Mm-hmm. We might only have one piece left, and everybody's gone. That's a huge gamble, and then all of a sudden we're back at ground zero again. That's that's the thing that kind of scares me in this Anthony Davis thing. That's that's why it's like I almost feel like you got to get a resign before you trade for him. You got to have. You gotta have knowledge that you're gonna have them for several years. I mean, I know Boston got the new facility, new practice facility, and they've done all these things, and there's the mystique and, and everything else, but man, you know, imagine if they had another tough year next year, right? Just imagine, Kyrie stays, they sign him to that deal, turns out Kyrie is a locker room killer, Anthony Davis doesn't like him as much as he thought, cause now he's gotta play with him every day. And all of a sudden, you're stuck with Kyrie and Anthony Davis walks. That's an ugly, ugly situation. Well, it, so maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, it's it's certainly not preferable. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Celtics are in a bit of a, you know, uh, they're, they've got to make a choice here, right? They, they've got to figure out which, which world they're going to live in. And if they aren't going to be able to compete with – it does, does Tatum Brown get you to a point where you're competitive with Giannis and 
whatever Milwaukee can build around him or Philly with whatever around Embiid becomes, whether they trade Simmons and get a real point guard or what have you, um, are you able to be competitive in that world? And, you know, I think that's, I think that's in doubt. I think, you know, while Tatum has, I think I still believe in Tatum. I'm not sure that he, he's going to, ha- he has a ways to go in year three to show that he can be that linchpin scorer. You know, Brown showed growth, but as to what end, to what degree? What's great about the but they the can't grow team, in this in, in this environment well, though. They but, can't. Their volume but, of shots, like if you really, but so what? Anybody, yeah, but my if point you really is, think if you want to, if you, you want to play point scores, no, dude, if you want to play, they can't be. They can't I'm, be. No, 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 in this I'm not talking about that. They're not talking about. I'm not talking about what they did. I'm talking about you take who they are. If if Kyrie isn't part of it, if it's you know, the, you know, if you take yeah, that I, out, you wipe yes, out the then I, then I think yes, that's talent. exactly my point. You I don't get, think they are. But I haven't right made now. the point yet. The point is that they need to be able to do what all those other stars do at this stage of the game, which is a lot of volume and a lot of mistakes. And then they work through that. If they don't no, do I think they're gonna get there playing third and fourth options? No. Definitely yeah, but not. when? <laughs> when? And 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 meanwhile, they're, they're freaking they're, twenty-one they're and twenty. Yeah, but at what point? Like, like how long do you wait? You've got stars under your control now. You let them walk for nothing. You, you don't and then have you them under nothing your around. You have one Tatum star. You have one star. You have one star, and you're talking about moving all of these pieces that just took all these years to build to go get us get another star who might not stay after a year. Might right, might not stay, but you could keep these pieces. Let Kyrie walk, let Horford walk, have Hayward become something or maybe not, and then what are you left with? You're left with two stars that are okay that you're going to have to max out that are that may reach their potential or may not, or you trade them for a top five star now and you go for the hope that you can re-sign him in Kyrie. I mean, it's it's. Right? It's Tatum and Brown for Kyrie and Anthony Davis. 26, 27 year old, top 10, top 5 players in the league versus two players that one has probably top 10 potential, one has top 20 potential. Yeah, no, or, I get it. Hand, I, I mean, get it. But, but, alright, but just, just follow me here. If a year from now you've got a Gordon Hayward who didn't rebound on a $30 million deal, Vin Baker, and none of these guys None of these young players, and we're starting over. Are you going to be singing, hey, that was the right thing to do then? Uh, I would say it was worth a shot. Um, I would certainly regret. Look, all of this is about what you know. All all of this is about what you know. This is about agents talking to What I know is that that. Anthony Davis won't be signed beyond next year. I know, but you have to take risks and gambles. I mean, that's that's the whole. I don't deal. see why they can't so, have him resign because, before he's traded. Well, look, I'm not into the cap. I don't know what how the, his super max affects whatever. I'm not going to get into that. I really don't care about that. Oh, what meaning I'm that the is, Celtics couldn't couldn't make the deal well, for him because of the salary. No, no, I don't think that's it at all. I think it's a question of his signing and how that impacts his ability to be traded. But 
that we can't go or down at that least, road. At least a conversation where he signs an extension after the trade then. I, I don't think that's, I don't think you can do that. I don't, the, the, the KG deal I don't think exists anymore in the CBA. That, no. that you can't trade for a guy and, and then offer the extension like you do with every other player no. in October? No. no, 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 you can't. It's not every other player in October. Only in guys that are extension eligible. So like Brown is extension eligible, eligible. So by the end of October, he, has, they have to make a decision on whether or not he's going to. So be he would not be extension eligible after um, being traded. Brown would be, but no, I mean Davis. Davis is a different. He's a different situation. He's a different different situation altogether. So, but I don't want to go down that road because I don't. I don't know enough about. Yeah, we we have to we have to figure that out though. That's really critical. Well, I maybe maybe not. I would would he even want to? I mean, the point I wanted to get to though, because the Celtics cap sheet after twenty opens up big time. So after this season, right now, as you sit, if Kyrie were to opt in, which he won't, if Al Horford were to opt in, which he won't, but if not, I mean, basically all they're left with after this coming season is Smart's 13 million, Tatum's 9 million, Gordon Hayward's 34 million, which is big, but they're really you're reading Keith the, Smith's little breakdown. No, yeah. I'm not. Actually, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading from yeah, uh, right on the cap basketball but, reference. Yeah, so, I mean, the point is, though, is that, like, they're, it's, it's wide open for them after that. So, if you trade and you do that, then you start from scratch. You don't have the assets that you had, but Celtics have all of their own picks, and they've got cap space, you know, and I don't think they're gonna make a deal because of some of the stuff we're talking about, his ability to extend and, or not extend. I don't think they're gonna make a deal without giving up all of smart, all of Brown, Tatum, and the Memphis pick. They're going to have one of those three at least, if not two, because while everybody's all one out of shape about yeah. trying to make a deal for Anthony Davis right now, and oh, what they're you know the Knicks are going to give everything, and the Lakers are going to give everything. These all those teams are still going to run up against the same issue you and I are just talking about right now, which is it's very it's almost impossible or it's next to impossible, whatever, to make a deal with him now. You know, even the Lakers, who he's or his professed place he wants to go, I don't think that that should make them feel like they can empty the bank vault. Um, maybe more so than any of them because the rest of them are desperate. But it, I don't think the Celtics are going to empty the vault, uh, back up the Brinks truck, as it were, uh, to get Anthony Davis here. Just don't see it. Mm. Mm. I got it. They gotta be really confident they can re-sign him. I'll say that. Could you imagine? Think, yeah. Could you imagine if we traded for him and then he winds up in LA in the, in free okay. agency? But you could trade him in, in February too. I mean, let's, 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 let's split oh my that road. You trade here's, for him. So you give up Brown and Tatum oh. and you flip him to LA and you get Ball and, and Ingram oh and, you know, and whatever. barf and more barf and well, barfing. But but wait, oh, you can't have it. I mean, if you're gonna do it, you got you have the asset. Then you make the call as to where he goes. It's not like, I mean, it's not like this is like you're just gonna give away everything and never get anything back. There are benefits here. You know, you could. There's still possibilities. 
Dude, that scenario that you just described is a worse scenario than the one we lived this year. Why? Why is Tra- that worse? Trade for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Go into next season and get to a point where you're spinning him off at the trade deadline. Well, that's you're uglier talking about than him what leaving. we just did. Yeah, but you're talking about him leaving. Like, what do you, what, you have to make decisions as you go along. You can't yeah. be like, oh, we're in February. Well, I guess we better just hope it all works out like we did with Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier was like a fungible no, part I'm, at that I'm point. I'm with you. You're only but, emphasizing my point about the level of risk on this. There is risk. Yeah. Sure. Huge, huge. Yeah, but Dude, like, what do you, you could, and you could be left with little to nothing. Okay, but let's really go could. back. Okay, but let's go back to the let's go back to the KG deal, right? I mean, what did we have there? We had all these young players and young yeah, talent. That was that was different. It was definitely what? different. As much as we all loved Al Jefferson, ninety percent wanted to keep him over get Kevin Garnett. Remember our draft night show? Yeah, I Nobody, remember. we I don't, remember. why are they doing Ray Allen? What, his ankles are busted. He's old. He's beat up. Like, I still don't understand the Ray you're, Allen you're, one. Except I, I think you're, I think KG. you're heading down the same road. <laughs> you know, we were down then. Like, you know, no, I, the I think the players are different. You know, you start matching up Delonte West, Al Jefferson and Perkins with Tatum and Brown and Smart. And it's just not, it, this is not a recency bias scenario. It's where they were drafted in the draft. It's their actual level of talent. Like you can't take those three and match them up with the three that I just mentioned and not see an obvious uptick in talent and potential. With this, with the three that are currently on the team. Okay. Let's, let's. Like, that was a no-brainer. The Kevin Garnett deal was a steal. It was an absolute steal in terms of assets. Okay. But I think that's, I think that Al Jefferson at that point was clearly a, an all-star in the making, a 2010 guy at 20, Let's see, he would have been 22 years old at that point, 21 years old. Um, 6'9", could score from anywhere, and hadn't figured Not out anywhere for that time. He wasn't a three-point shooter. That's what No, ultimately. no one was. That was his demise. No one was doing that. But that's my point, though. No he one was fa- doing that. Unfortunately for his career, he phased out. Back back to the basket was, players. Like it him. was injuries. It was yeah. injuries. And, and injuries. But nobody, was, yeah. but nobody was looking at the back to the basket thing at that point. It was more... His injuries helped him back. No, I agree. He went through, couldn't defend. Like, it was all that. You know, the the collection of talent you sent was a lot of, you know, B, B, you know, B minus players. I mean, right, Gomes, Delonte West, fine players, decent players, non-blue chip players. You know, I mean, that's, but, you know, you take that, the number five pick in a, in a pretty low. But if you trade, if you traded, that's two, two of Smart and Brown. You're basically saying you're sending two Al Jeffersons, in my opinion. But again, I don't think you're sending. I don't think. I think you're thinking they're sending everything for him, and I don't think they will. All right. So, what do you think the package? You said two of Tatum, Brown, and the Memphis pick, mm-hmm. and Smart's money is probably going to have to be included, right? Yeah, I think it's Tatum, Smart, and eight, and the Memphis pick. That's what I think is going out. Tatum, smart, I think Brown stays. Pick. Yeah, I think Brown stays. And it's not because I love Brown versus Tatum. It's not because I just think 
that um, New Orleans would rather have one more year of cost control, let Boston pay for you know Jalen Brown this this summer and extend him, which won't be an easy extension potentially. I was just gonna say um, that that's a that could be a loss just based on you, you would almost want to send Brown over Tatum because of that. Now, what's interesting too is that what role will Kyrie play in this? Because if Kyrie says I'll come back. But it's got to be Tatum instead of Brown. I mean, Tatum's got to stay instead of Brown, which could happen. Share the same, share the same agent, the Duke thing, the Duke connection. Um, you may have to throw in more to make it happen, but I think Boston still would do it. And everything we've seen, you know, if you if you read the tea leaves for what read between the lines of what you know Bullpet's saying, it seems like that's exactly that. There's a deal there to be made one way or the other. And if Kyrie puts his foot down on that, the Celtics are going to say, absolutely. You know, Brown, smart, number eight. See ya. Yeah. You know, and if you, if you do that, you still have Tatum. You have Tatum and a clear cap sheet in 2020. Yeah. You definitely need one of those young players. That's not bad. That's not bad. Now, if it's Brown and Tatum and smart, I don't think you throw in number eight at that point or, or the, you know, the Memphis pick. At that point, there's just no way. I definitely think you want to keep, I think you want to keep one of those three and you definitely want to move the Memphis pick. I, yeah. I think you, I, you, you need you, players that are already developed. You, you yeah. don't want to try to develop anybody. Yep. Like that, that pick has got to be an outgoing asset to save another one. And it's actually in line with what any team that would be rebuilding would prefer to. They would prefer to be able to yep. go and draft their own guy and have the excitement. That's what, and especially if they can have a couple of players that are young but also good enough to put some wins totally. on the on the board. So totally. all right. Well if we're gonna have room for an outtake, that's gonna do it for this week's show. It will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. Remember you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder CLNS Media, Nick Gelsone, for my co-host, John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. Al Jefferson and the injuries. <laughs> Do you remember the whole ankle thing and JB? Yeah. And yes. He was convinced there was something wrong, and I think we got into like a pseudo-argument with Bullpet about it. Yeah. Yeah, cuz he was claim JB was saying that there was, you know, what's really going on here and remember they did Brian McKean is hiding stuff. He's hiding it. He's or he's, he's inept. He's inept. <laughs> remember that was what he was Yeah. But he kind of put Bo Pet on the spot. Well, I remember that. And and I would say if you there's there you know when they made the change 2 years ago and they went away from the training staff and the medical staff that they had had um you know, they've had kind of a spotty record, you know, going back to that time, going back to, um, you know, KG's knee in 2009. I mean, there's been a lot of strange uh, injuries that were not diagnosed as well as perhaps they could have been. And so I think our man Fuel, JD might have been ahead Fuel of went it. went on the fire, yeah. Absolutely. He called the David Blatt hiring, too. He was like, so he's going he to David Blatt. So he's going to hire David Blatt. I'm telling you, yeah. And was, yeah, and he was definitely in Tim Donaghy's camp too, and.
I guess the book is out on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's true. That's the true. best way to spend that, I think. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, dude, I loved Al Jefferson, but remember we drafted him at what? 16, 17? 16? I thought it was 17, but he was, or 14. was it 14? He was 14. He was 14. Cause You're he, right. he they was, was just, 14. yeah, that was the year we wanted, I wanted them to, uh, to tank, but John Carroll took over for Jim O'Brien and they weren't bad enough. And I was so pissed at the Celtics because they weren't going all in on the tank job to get Robert Swift. Robert Oops. Swift. I remember that. <laughs> you know what though? You almost wonder if Danny had him right. But because when you go back and read the articles on Swift mm-hmm. and, you know, just the substance abuse, I was definitely not in Swift, Swift's camp at all. I was, I had Al Jefferson spied, you know, probably in, you know, late March of that year. That was the guy I wanted. I was like, yep, we definitely got to go get a high schooler, get a young big man. There's no other way we're going to pull this off. We need a big man. And I, I, and I don't know, you know, why I didn't like Swift. Probably because I thought he was lanky and I thought he would get his butt beat, you know, in the pros. I just thought he would get pushed around. But he's actually a pretty athletic guy and he did put on a little bit of muscle. But if you've read any of the articles about the substance abuse, that was probably the biggest issue, uh, you know, that, that he would, that he had in the league. But maybe, you know, were he clean and sober, you might have actually wound up panning out and you, we might not even have had this conversation because Al's injuries would have prevented him and maybe Swift would have been something else. You know, you, that just goes to show you, it's like, you got to remember like the people that the, the players are getting drafted in this league are just kids. They're just kids and you know, no amount of talent, you know, necessarily is going to supersede. There's a lot of talented guys that never made it. That, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressures, a lot, a lot of pressures, a lot of, a lot of things that can go wrong along the way. So that's one that happened for Swift, but you know, even Delonte, you know, he just had a Dax stack, uh, the deck stacked against him, you know, nothing yeah. he can do about that. And yeah. he was awesome. I well, loved him as a player. That's, you know, that goes to the whole, you know, mental health, uh, and, and the importance of that and the Celtics being a team that's kind of flagged that and really trying to provide support. Marcus Morris is a guy you wonder, would he take slightly less than, than market to come back because this is the first team that's really kind of been in his corner. You know, those things matter and, and the Celtics being a team that gets it. Maybe Robert Swift doesn't go the way he went. You know, I, I'd say Delonte was a pretty good citizen when he was in Boston. It felt like best, they were finding a way to keep his him career. On. Absolutely, and both both since you know both since he was able to do well here. Um, so and we had fun. Yeah. Waya Hanga, he was he was having a ton of fun. <laughs> he he, en- I think he enjoyed Boston. You know, I think Boston embraced him. That definitely helps a ton. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the trade, the trade may have disappointed him greatly too. Cause I, and I think some of, some of that is what happened to this team this year. These young guys develop some camaraderie together. They're come, they're peers. They're coming up together. Mm-hmm. They're dreaming together. And when you disrupt that, it really does throw a monkey wrench into the culture. And it's a lot of times when these players, first learn and you start to hear him say it's a business. Even Isaiah Thomas fell in love with the city, broke through here, really. I mean, he was a great, he was scoring, but this is where he finally was like on the stage, 
everything he had been trying to be, it happened here. And then emotionally he got attached. And then next thing you know, he's getting traded away and he's like, yeah, it's a business. It's a business, but you know, it still hurts him. And, you know, I kind of wonder sometimes if, if Delonte was the same way. I mean, there is something about, you know, you, you can't expect these players not to have an emotional connection to where they play. That whole thing, it's a business is baloney. It's not, it, I mean, it's true. It's a business. And so you can't count on, you know, them having equal loyalty. But as far as the players go, like they do, they fall in love with their community. They fall in love with the people that are around them, you know, um, that work within the team, the guys behind the scenes. Remember all the love for Brian Dew before he left. Um, you know, those kinds of things, those, those things matter. That's the real life that surrounds the game. And so, you know, to just say it's a business, you know, yeah, it's a business and they've got to win championships and that's what they're in the business to do. But you can't fault players for getting emotionally connected when they're there or, you know, being upset about leaving. And I, you almost wonder if that rocked Delonte's boat a little bit, you know, the same way that, you know, just the dynamics this year kind of rocked some of the young players who, you know, had really played way above in the postseason last year. Yeah, no, that that's true. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think they're getting better as, as players. They're getting better at being able to balance those things. I don't think we see the peaks and valleys, uh, in the same way as we did say in 04. Um, but certainly the mental health and the happiness. This has been a year, probably most of all, and we've seen this up front probably as much as anybody, uh, outside of the Bay Area of the moodiness of a player and their happiness and their is that impacts and infects everything. And that's, you know, it's, we talk, you said it's a business, but, but you have to, you have to invest, your business has to invest in keeping employees happy and yep, keeping culture. your employees happy. Culture. You need culture. Absolutely. Every business needs it, culture. Exactly. That, and so that's, all right, we're going to table it. We're going to end it right there. But that's what, that's what's scaring the crap out of me right now because Brad had culture and all of a sudden he doesn't. And I don't, I mean, you, you may, we may be looking at a coaching change. No, stop. Yep. That's get, crazy. No, That's get ready. Crazy. Not, not this year. No, no. Not this year, but if they trade for Anthony Davis and next year isn't just everybody winning cures all ills, if that doesn't happen next year, could be the coach to go. Oh my gosh. No. That's no, 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 no. I'm no, with I you. I love Brad. I really do. And I think he's great fit, et cetera, but. Question marks so. abound. Question marks abound. I think, no, I think if, if it got, that's what I'm saying. If it got to that point, if culture is an issue, they trade everybody. They, Brad will outlast the players. That's it. Brad and Danny and, and oh Nick, my God. That, if, if we get not to gonna, that, if we get to that point, this. wait till the device of, you think it's ugly now? Think about how ugly that will be. That will be the ugliest. Oh yeah. Crap storm. It's just, yeah. it, it's all, it's just going to get out of hand. But, all right. but I think we that's can't where go. we are. That's where we are. That's where we are now. And after the I'm just loss, saying it'll get worse. Unless, unless they come to Brad, do the trade, and then all of a sudden everything's back on track. And then it'll be like, yep, should have gone with what Justin said, stayed young, <laughs> developed those players. <laughs> all right. That's it.
I got no more. Yeah, you get the last laugh. <laughs> I'll let you have it. No, I'm good. I'm good. No, yeah. you were the last one to laugh. No, it's good. fine. I'm over it. I'm I'm moving on. 